Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Strike 3 Podcast. In this episode, CB and Enoch have a conversation with 2021 first-time NCAA Men's College World Series umpire Ramon Armendariz. Ramon talks about his umpiring career, what it was like getting called up to the major leagues, and his call from NCAA George DeRoches, stating he was elected to the 2021 World Series. Please enjoy CB and Enoch's conversation with Ramon Armendariz. Thou search for the source of taking your umpiring to the next level has ended. Rest thou weary body and allow thou ears and mind to be uplifted for body and soul. For thou hast found Strike 3 Podcast with your host, CB Enoch and Trav. Ho 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 righty then. Thou search for the source of taking your umpiring to the next level has ended. Rest thou weary body and allow thou ears and mind to be uplifted for body and soul. For thou hast found Strike 3 Podcast with your host, CB, Enoch, and Trav. Ho, 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 righty then. Hey, welcome to another episode of Strike 3 Podcast. I'm Enoch. I'm CB. And I'm Trav. Hey, Eric, can you hear me? Uh, now I hear you. All right. I am at a I am at a playground with my son, so pardon the noise in the background. Oh no, no worries. No worries. I'm here with Colin. Travis couldn't make it today. He, he got called into work. So life of a first responder. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we yeah, my pleasure, that. man. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, so Absolutely. How you got started in baseball? Yeah. Yeah, I'll quickly give you a bio. Um, I grew up in Santa Monica, California, which is west side of Los Angeles. And when you grow up six blocks from the ocean, across the street from your little league field, you're pretty active. And I remember when I hit my early teens, my old man, my dad said, hey, they need an umpire across the street. And I was like, no way, man, that's a serious job. I don't want to do that. (laughs) And he was like, oh, come on. You know the parents, you know the kids, you know the game, you play the game. They're not going to mess with you. I'm like, it's the umpire they mess with. It's not me, the person. And so he was like, all right, I'll just find another kid to pay 25 bucks, just get a free cheeseburger and a drink after the game. And I said, you didn't mention that part. (laughs) (laughs) I jumped all over it. 25 bucks a game. I was probably, you know, during the week I'd work one game after school. And then on weekends I'd work some more, multiple games. And then I went to Culver City, which is like a couple of towns over. Um, started doing three games on Sundays there. And, and you know, when you grow up in L.A., you grow up as a Dodger fan and you see these National League umpires, you know, now you got to pay for all these games. You, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, it was on Channel 11, KTP, and, you know, we had Vince Scully. Like, come on, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. So he would always be really professional and fair towards the umpires, unlike today. They, they just blast them with no idea what they're, what they're saying. Um, but Ben Scully was just always so professional and he would just always say, Hey, today, today's umpires. We got 
Frank Pulley or Doug Harvey, Eric Craig, and I just remember these names. And it was around the time I was getting into umpire and Little League games, so I just kind of wanted to instill their style into my Little League ability. And I think that's where my style comes from today. I mean, seeing so many unique umpires back then, they had their own style, and I was like, man, this is fun. I started umpiring Little League games across the street, Santa Monica, um, imitating these, you know, Frank Pulley, Doug Harvey, Dutch Renner, these umpires <laughs> from the National League. So it just grew from there. It was a passion that was started early, thanks to my dad pushing me, you know, free cheeseburger and a Coke. That always helps. I tell you what, there's no burger. The closest burger to that uh, in this day and age is In-N-Out Burger, man. So just, yep. that's just a side note. But uh, <laughs> so that's how I got started. And then, um, you know, I just... I dove right into umpire school two years out of junior college. And then I went 13 years in pro ball, reaching AAA in my sixth year. And I, I went 13 years in pro ball. So from year six to 13, I, I got to AAA ball and got to become a crew chief. Got out of, you know, got released in 2007. One of the things you do want to ask about is getting the call for Omaha. When Omaha came calling, it was, uh, you know, just in my backyard. My mom and my brother were over. and. You know, all my colleagues were saying, hey, did you get the call? Did you get the call? I was like, man, relax. When I get the call, if I get the call, if I don't, you know, so, so be on. So be it. To the next year we go. And sure enough, that Monday came and, you know, I have, you know, George Drosius' number on my cell phone because he called me for a situation we had at a uh, Super Regional a few years back. So I just kept it. I was like, yeah, hey, this, this number's pretty handy to have right so i kept it yep. i kept it then the uh, his name popped up you know that monday when they when the assignments came out and i just you know i was doing yard work in the back and my mom and my brother were out in the back with me it was a beautiful day so they're just out hanging out with me and i just they they thought i got bit by a spider they're like what happened what happened i go this is it this is the call i think and they were freaking out like <laughs> i was like they, i think this is the omaha call hang on him so i was like hello Tramone. and you know, there's George Drosius. Ramon, it's George Drosius. Hey, uh, you know, how you doing? You know, wanted to see if you'd uh, like to accept my invitation to Omaha. And it was like a big league call. I mean, uh, when I first worked my big league game, um, I was in Albuquerque, and they needed me for a doubleheader in uh, in Arlington, Boston at Texas Rangers. And it was the same feeling. It was pretty damn cool. Yeah, Excellent. I, I can imagine. That was going to be one of my questions is, you know, how did that – compare and contrast your your call up to your first big league game so that was that kind of a exactly similar feeling you know you're, you're working to your ability as best as you can you have no control over what promotions you get but at that time i was an up and down reserve for the first time i was in albuquerque we just finished the game we uh i believe we were having salmon and you know we were like we're not really into seafood in albuquerque at the time so i think we went out to a local bar beers and burgers my partner, Mark Morrow, he's from the Bay Area. He's from San Mateo. And when he stopped umpiring pro ball, he, he never got into college ball. But solid umpire, solid individual, still a good friend to this day. His phone rings, his cell phone rings. And, he, and you know, apparently the other line was Tom Leopard. And they said, uh, hey, Mark, it's Tom Leopard. Is Ramon with you? And Mark says, yeah, hang on. And he, he hands me the phone. And, like, he goes, it's Tom Leopard. He starts to whisper. And I'm like, now I'm thinking there's a prank on me. I'm like, shut up. Right. Right. Hello, who's this? And they're like, hey, Ramon, Tom Leopard, how you doing? And I'm like, uh, yeah, right, who is this? And they're like, starts laughing, like, Ramon, really, it's Tom Leopard, Major League Baseball. 
And that's what I knew. Tol- like, is this you, Tolbert? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quit messing with me, man. And thank God I didn't really, you know, curse up a storm. I just said, yeah, right. Who is this? And so he was like, Ramon, no, really. It's Tom Blatt from Major League Baseball. I was like, oh, my God, Tom, how you doing? And then the next question, he says, uh, are you ready to make your Major League debut? And that will always stand out. I was like, absolutely, where am I headed? He goes, well, there's a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, Boston at Arlington. Uh, the Rangers, they got rained out. And you will be with them two games, but then you'll be right back Sunday to Albuquerque. I was like, I don't care. I'm there. What do I need to do? And, you know, he gives me the contact number of the crew chief of the travel agent that Major League Baseball uses. And, um, yeah, I just got on the horn, and it was Jerry Davis. You know, Jerry Davis was my crew chief. Right. Yeah. And he was with uh, he was with Larry Poncino, Bruce Dreckman, and I believe Greg Gibson, Ponce, Davis, Dreckman, Gibson. Yeah. Four guys that I'm just like, holy cow, these guys, they're, they're right. solid umpires. They're, they're, you know, the, the little I've been around them, they're all, they were always pretty serious, but still, you know, uh, funny at the same time. It's like a prerequisite prerequisite if you have, if you're a major league umpire you got to be funny so these guys were all there and um yeah i showed up worked uh, third base and then we worked i worked second base both games took about three hours but it could have been a blink of an eye for me because i was just excited to be at the ballpark in arlington so right after that sunday ended or saturdays both games ended and uh, sunday morning woke up and flew uh, back to albuquerque so i think it was the first time I worked three nine-inning games in a 24-hour period because we had a day game in Albuquerque that Sunday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it was cool because, you know, coming back down from the big leagues, it's like you take your crew out. You know, you take a – back then it's AAA. It's three guys. Okay. So I took I took my guys out to dinner, and, you know, that was kind of like a, a thing to do if you're working in the big leagues. Uh, you know, you come back down and take your, your crew out to a nice steak dinner. Yeah, and, and, and in Omaha, there was a steak dinner to involve there, I'm sure. So, <laughs> how could there not be, right? How could there not be? Yeah, it was cool. It was actually the very first night, you know, we uh, we treated ourselves. The, I think there was, I don't know if it was all eight of us or the seven of us, but we all land, we all finally got to Omaha, checked in the hotel, and we met in the lobby and we went to a uh, old historic hotel that had a good steakhouse in there and you know we treated ourselves and later on of course the ncaa treated us a few days later but we were so excited to be there and we said hey we'll treat ourselves no big deal this is a this is a well-deserved well-deserved assignment and we could treat ourselves and we had a good time okay it's always nice when the, the west coast is well represented in omaha so yeah and you know you start to hear that a lot you start to hear you know, college baseball, West Coast, West Coast umpires are known to be, you know, stacked and solid. And then you see an article that came out. Um, we had a search. We had a situation in Omaha. And I think D1 Sports the next day had a photo of all of us working. And I believe it was uh, the four of us working. We're definitely all West Coast umpires. I want to say it was myself, Billy Van Rapp, Travis Katzmeyer, and Jeff Hendrick. And I think the author of that article said, here, picture our four West Coast umpires that are known to be the most solid in the country. And I, that, that was like, wow, that is awesome. Wow. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, I guess I just thought it was a rumor, but apparently, you know, the, the, everybody around college baseball seems to know that the West Coast has 
stacked amount of umpires, just really, really great umpires. Well, we look around from, from where we are, look around and we get to meet, meet, meet guys like you and, and Jeff. And, and I don't see Jeff as often anymore since he moved away from Sacramento, but right. we still touch base now and then. And, you know, you guys like Billy and yeah. you know, don't get to see TK or, or Steve much because they're, you know, next state over, but um, right. it's always fun to meet you guys. You guys have been always so helpful to, to us. Um, so I'll speak for Travis and, and, and um, well, you're helpful for us. And, and you bring that same attitude of, you know, brotherhood sharing. You have a great sense of humor. Um, I now know the story behind why, why you get your flair. And so there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny. Guys are always, you know, uh, Ramon, you, you know, cause I wear, when I work the bases, I tend to wear just one knee pad and it's on the right. <laughs> cause I, okay. I like to take plays. I like to take my plays on the, on the, my right knee sometimes. Right knee, just bring right. that old school factor. It's funny. They're like, Ramon, do you get your knee pad on? I'm like, I sure do. Of course I do. So it's just, you know, <laughs> You still have that old school mentality of like style with, with like, with the, you just got to bring the, it's like when I instruct at a certain clinic, I just tell them, Hey, however the energy brings it, you know, to whatever base or the situation, you got to put that same energy into your alcohol or safe ball. It's like, if it's a close fair foul, then, you know, you're not going to go foul pointed. You're going to get a little step and a bam point into it, you know? So I just always say whatever you should, you should always have an arsenal of mechanics and calls. If the play is wide open, then you just give a simple, you know, nonchalant alcohol. And if it brings a little bang bang into it, then you got to put a little bang bang into it. So I, I've always been a firm believer of, like, hey, we're out, we're we're kind of in sales. Sell the call, right? No, that makes that makes total sense. I do want to ask one thing in Omaha. You were on the plate and you took that shot. Do you realize how fast George George has jumped over that fence to get to your side? That is that is funny. Uh, so the way. I can replay that in my head is fastball up and in. Right. Catcher either got crossed up or he didn't. He was just too, I don't know. I, I, he said he, and I believe him because there was no reason for him to be an ass about it. And so, boom, I get hit and I'm just like, it's a live ball. You know, I couldn't kill it. So I just right away, it shocked me. And I'm just like, holy cow, that he got, they got no gloves. They got no bat. That's all chest protector. That's all the, the 25 year West Best that I've invested in. And uh, so when I took that shot, I was like, holy cow. Ball's alive, and there's a runner on second. I remember that. So I kind of just go down to a knee, but I'm still looking up. He gets to third. They they get possession of the ball, and right there, I, I killed it. Because, you know, they're right. they're not going to score. They got the ball. The runner reached third. I call time, and I kind of just staggering back up to my feet, and boom, there was George. I was like, holy cow. I, know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know where you sit. You're pretty close. You know, you're, right. you're over, like, the – third base side on deck circle but he was out there pretty quick and i left my mask on you know i just didn't i i for some reason i was like i'm just gonna leave my my mask on they asked me hey Ramon, you're all right you're all right i was like yeah i think so i'm good can you continue i was like oh yeah oh you're not taking me off this field heck yeah all right let's go i mean it was it was, he was like a head coach he was like all right let's go get out there buddy you're doing a good job and he just gave me you know little pound to the chest like get out there keep keep working i think like, okay you got it after a couple of days it looks like i grew a third nipple it was, it was all bruised up on my that was a shot that was a shot yeah yeah i took a photo of it of course it was a good well you go, oh my goodness and it's like yeah you killed the play let it let the play continue you killed it at the right time and and george is already there it's like that that's like the old replay is okay giants fan here's of of uh darren baker as the uh 
what four-year-old bat boy toddling on the field <laughs> JT snow picks him up and sues my lady he's george is there that fast it's like wait play's not over yet <laughs> exactly he was out there and it's funny now we're umpiring that same kid that did that baker's kid right you know and we see him now at cal so and he seems to be a good kid seems to be a good student athlete but yeah no it's 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 been a great ride you know uh feeling i had after i got released from pro ball in 07 was like okay well that's that you know i gave it my own if that's the highest level of baseball and i didn't make it then you know i don't want to do it anymore and then and then and then sooner or later i started getting calls from guys that got released before me and they're in the pac-12 or they were in the west coast or mountain west and i'm like hey you got to give college baseball a shot man it's it's the next highest level of pro ball we can work and the money's good and i was like all right i will give it a shot and i'm glad i didn't sell my equipment because that would that would have been a mistake. I kept on to that, and they were right. It's it's fun, good money. You get to work with you know former pro guys that you worked with in the game, and you get to work with them now in, in college ball. So it's it's a lot of fun. I'm glad I stayed around. Oh, good. Yeah. So how long was it? Was your break in between? There wasn't really. Uh, I got released in '07. All the uh, advice and people recommending me to stay, I did. But by that time. The schedules are, are already made. So they just gave me a handful of games in the college season the next year in 2008. So it wasn't like a full 50, 60 game schedule, but I had about a dozen baseball games. And then in 2000, uh, 2009, I believe, that's when I started getting a lot of games from the Pac-12 and the Big West. Uh, Tom Heiler used me in the West Coast. Right. Um, and then, you know, that's pretty much where I've been uh, the last, what, 15 years, I guess. Consistently, it's just just back to open Big West. Uh, okay. Hardly any room to go anywhere else. I'm sure Dave fills up your weekend, so doesn't yeah. leave room. Yeah, it's a good schedule coming up this following year. It's about 12 back 12 weekends and three Big West weekends. So, and you know, he's uh, he works with you. You know, if you stay, you got to be around home. You got a family. You know, it's just, it's 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 good to have an assigner coordinator that that works with you, and he, he can request your family needs, and and then you're doing the okay to travel. They'll send you places, you know? Right. Yeah, that's that's always good. Pro baseball, man, 100 and something games, average maybe one off day a month, traveling four cities. You're you're in one city for four for four games and then go to the next city for four games. And it was that was rough. And you kind of ask yourself, how the heck did I do that back then? Well, you were younger then. You didn't exactly. know any better. You didn't know only, any better. That's the only reason you're like, you're chasing the dream. You got that, you got that motivation to see that dream and you know, hey. To the next town we go for four, and the next town, and it's it man. Does it help out when you have a solid crew? You know, I've been I'm lucky sure. enough to always have two guys that were great off the field, and they were just you know great on the field and willing to learn. And that's all you can do every single game. You know, 162 game season. That's all you can do is better yourself. No, that's that's a lot of games. That's that's for sure. Oh yeah. And if you don't like the people you're with, that makes it awfully long. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I, there's not. There's not many regrets there. I just you, you taste the dream. You got so much experience, and that just led to the transition from pro ball to college ball. You know, you deal with. I mean, you see softball games, girls softball. You're like, holy cow! It's a lot of cheering going on. And baseball, I wouldn't say it's the same level, but they're student athletes. They haven't had the chance to go to pro ball yet. Pro ball, it's you know, you go out there and work hard, do the work. It's less cheering as it is NCAA level. So. 
Right. I think uh, that was the that was the transition I had a tough time with. Like, holy cow! And if it turns <laughs> out if it turns out they're going to be the, into every pitch on me, then I gotta I gotta control that. Right. Yeah. So, that that is a, that is a bit of a difference. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Still out there learning though. Still out there learning. Yeah. There Especially when rules yeah. change every every year, you got a few rule changes. You're like, oh man. And I think that's what helped me. Um, the shot clock, the pitching, the 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 pitcher's twenty shot clock. I'm sorry, the pitcher's clock. Yeah, the, the twenty second action clock. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, if they want you to enforce something, you know, you have to do it. And and I think there wasn't a full time SEC umpire in the College World Series because I heard, and this is this is hearsay. You hear that they're not enforcing those rules and a lot of people were, were very pissed off that an SEC guy wasn't there so you just got to say oh I'm glad I enforced the rules and if this is what they want you know I got to do it kind of comes down to that's what your signer wants you have to do what your signer wants right yeah and then you know exactly and that, that was a that was a point of emphasis last year I haven't looked to see is it again this year a point of emphasis but it might be could you share a piece of advice for someone you know working their their way up that, that maybe was shared with you before that you could pass along. You've always been great with stuff. So, yeah, you know, I just like, you know, like I just said, I think you have to just go out there and want to learn and better yourself. I mean, thousands of games under my belt, pro ball, winter ball, you know, South America, I went to Venezuela, Dominican, it, everything is just a learning experience. Go out there, bust your ass. You never know who's watching you. Number one, that was the pro mentality getting in. Okay. There's only, what, eight evaluators in the whole minor leagues they got to cover? You never know when they're going to show up. You never know when Trocious was out there watching um, games this season to pick me and pick the rest of the seven guys there. So you just got to go out there, bust your tail, be, I wouldn't say a stickler to the rules, but you have to be well-knowledged of the rules, enforce it when they can. This day and age, is there's a lot of unsportsmanship out of dugouts, in the dugout chatter. And college baseball, I know that I, you know, signers have my back when I when I shut that down. And, you know, I think if umpires would really shut the, the, the bench jockeying, the verbal chatter between dugouts, you know, let the game be, be played between the lines and not the dugout chat. That's one thing. That's one of my pet peeves is like, you handle that early, it takes care of, the, you know, it'll take care of it the rest of the game. The rule book is, got, the rule book is on your side, you know. The unsportsmanlike, the code of ethics the, that these head coaches have to adhere to, you handle that, man. And and that'll, man, the game will be played w- within the lines and not outside of them with that. The comments that these young freshman players that are not even playing, but they got all the piss and vinegar in their, in their blood to just be screaming, you know, whatever's going on in the game, you know, I can't throw strikes. They're on him. At the beginning of the game, that's what I tell these head coaches when I get the lineup cards. Hey, guys, your equipment meets the NCAA standards. We're good with you. Okay, be aware of the clock. We are keeping an eye on the clock. And then third, guys, watch your bench chatter, okay? Keep the unsportsmanlike comments within your own teams. And, you know, some coaches will be like, okay. And other coaches will be like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then sure enough, you have to control it later. So I, I think if you cover your ass, you know, prior to the game starting with those three little things, that's on my rule, uh, it's on my lineup holder. It's, like, it's always a reminder on the back of my lineup holder. There's three things I need to check off. I, I feel like a flight attendant. Can I get a verbal confirmation? That, yeah. you'll, that you're listening to me on these next three things. And, you know, it kind of makes them laugh. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what the flight attendants do. But, you know, I cover my ass. I just make sure your equipment is, you know, meets NCAA standards. Everybody's aware of the pitch clock in, in between innings and after every pitch. And then the bench jockey, unfortunately, like behavior. So, yeah, I, I would just, that's, if, if I could, uh, you know, give some advice to up and coming umpires, work your tail off. You never know who's watching. That is true. 
That is true. And with, with the advent of so much video nowadays, they can do it from the comfort of their office and home rather than have to be there all the time. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you I'm know, surprised how much videos some of the signers watch, actually do watch. It's like, wow. Absolutely. And then they want us to turn, you know, anybody that we have, the other other conferences on the East Coast may be watching you, but it's very, it's very helpful. Have you ever gotten a, a call to uh, fill in uh, at a AAA facility? Uh, no. The nearest AAA facility to me would be Fresno State, uh, Fresno, oh, or okay. maybe even Las Vegas. But no, I have not. Every now and then there's an international assignment that will pop up. Uh, before I had a family, uh, I'd probably consider it right away. And then, but nowadays I'm like, yeah, no, I have to turn that down. <laughs> family does come first. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. You got a wife. You're going to go where? Columbia? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Venezuela? I'm glad you got that out of the way early because no, you're not going back. Not going now. Not going <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they say there's some beautiful women in Venezuela. Yeah, I could concur to that. Okay. <laughs> Keep me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, you got out of your system early, so. Yeah. Hey, Eric, if I may mention, man, I'd, I'd love to come back on here on this blog. Yeah. And, you know, a more quiet environment on my end. It just, you know, little little man had piano lessons, and then he wants to go to a park, and here I am, so. Oh, no, oh, it's it, okay. Perfectly okay. fine. Perfectly fine. Okay. And we'd love to have you back anytime. It'd be my honor, man. One quick thing before we let you go, because you yeah. know you're a little something, is Billy Joe Speck is the one who introduced us and, and, and put it by way of, of a, a mutual friend of ours, Ron Barnes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ron, Maybe a good, good Barney story that, that you could that you see the light of day? Oh, well, I'll tell you one. His uh, his first ejection in AAA, man, he went months without an EJ. I'm like, boy, these, these coaches really know Ron Barnes. You know, they're not going to mess with him. And and Ronnie had a steel play in New Orleans, and he uh, I don't know if it was a steel play or a force play, but it was it wasn't that bang bang. He was on it, boom, banged him out. And the kid, I think he was just frustrated that he made the out at third out at second. I didn't see anything uh, wrong with his demeanor <laughs> actions, and Ronnie just ah, da, 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 kicked him out. And I go, what just happened? And so after I go, Barney, what'd you kick the kid out for? He goes, ah, he just the way he looked at me after I called him out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okay. Good enough for me, man. You're writing up a report, not me. So it was just funny. I, I just think he was, you know, he, he, it was so quiet for him when he made his return in AAA that he did not get messed with because the legend that he is, you know, he right, worked, right. worked his tail off. But, you know, he's like, I, I don't know if he felt like this kid needed to go or not. But, you know, he got one. And I'm like, okay. He just, he slid into second base, was called out and just kind of like <sighs> stayed on the ground looking at the sky. And I think Barney thought he was looking at him. <laughs> so he, they didn't, they didn't question his, his ejection. They said, okay, you're done. Walk off the field, get out of here. <laughs> and that was that. But there's so many good stories with Barney. He was such a great guy. Always looked out for us. Um, he knew how to pick a schedule. Early on, we were in Al we were in Calgary and Edmonton, and we didn't work for about two weeks straight because of the snow. So he did that on purpose because he knew the schedule early in the season. We weren't going to work. Yeah, he, so he, it was like definitely, a good, learned, he definitely learned how to play the angles. That's for sure. Absolutely, it was like a good week and a half vacation, a few off days in there. It was great. <laughs> yeah, the difference now with the ejections with 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 Ron is um, I end up being the one writing the report. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sure you're writing for days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please send him my best. I will. Well, Ramon, I'll let you we'll let you get back back to uh your responsibilities there. Thanks for making some time for us. Yeah, really my appreciate pleasure, it. Eric. Hey really you guys. It. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, well, happy I'll, holidays. I'll talk to you guys again. Yeah, happy holidays. And we'll we'll talk to you in the new year. Sounds good. Thank you. Happy holidays, guys. Take care. You right, too. Thanks, All right, bye bye.
All right. Well, that was Ramon. Uh, is, is it, I'm going to butcher the last name. Is, is it Almanderas? Almanderas. Almanderas. Yeah, I, I didn't ask him about his, his nickname, The Razor, and he just kind of jumped in. So, But it was nice of him to make time. He's like, yeah, I would understand. It's between rainstorms. He's got got youngsters in sing, single, single digit years. They want right. to get out and run around. Let's think if there's zoomies out before uh, oh, yeah, the before rains they, come back. Exactly. So. But it was great to hear about his uh, Omaha story. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Jumping up and down screaming. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, I would too. <laughs> I, I'm thinking I probably would too. So that's great. And yeah, he was able to swing, make that transition a little bit. And we'll talk a little more of that transition. I, I think the noise level is one of them, but there's a few differences between college and, and pro. But, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just the excitement and the, you're kind of playing it. It's kind of apples and oranges, but at the same time, they're in, in, in college, you know, they're still playing because they're having fun. It's not a job yet. Right. And it's, it's fun for them. And so I think that's where the biggest separation when it comes to uh, pro and college. I mean, they're just out there just to have fun. I mean, they're obviously they're trying to get picked up and whatnot like that. They're still like a kid again. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it just, it's not a job yet. Right. Not a profession yeah. yet. Right. Um, and the closest we see to that is independent. If, if you get the opportunity to work independent league baseball, right? That, that is a job for them. And they're trying to get, get seen and picked up or you know, even hang on as long as they can to that before they have to join the real world. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I really appreciate him taking the time and listening to his uh, perspective and his, it, it almost seemed his transition was almost seamless. Yeah. He's, he's well-connected. I mean, he's, he's a uh, very personable. So he obviously mm -hmm. had a lot of friends and they, right away. Hey, come on, join us. And I think maybe that was kind of a blessing in some ways that it came so late that the schedules were already out that he had a limited exposure. So you didn't go to that complete change right away. You had a time to kind of adapt into it a little bit. So sure. Cause I've heard that before with people that it's, it's so different. Right. The thing I hear most from AAA guys coming to uh, the NC2A division one is just how slow the game is compared to professional. That is a different one. So I think it is kind of funny. We went back to his his call up for his first big league game, and it was a doubleheader. But they called one of his crewmates' his phone so he could talk to him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I never caught why that happened. Real quick, said, "Well, something about the other phone was they, they couldn't get through on the other phone for some reason or another. Oh, didn't say why or you know, out of range, right. different carrier, out of batteries. Didn't hear it." wasn't on him uh, who knows yeah but, yeah i don't know but they they wanted it urgent enough that they, they go well let me call let me call his crewmate but yeah to step on that big uh, big league field for the first time must have been a hell of a feeling i'm sure well, good deal so thanks to ramon he is full of lots of good things and he does have flair when he when he works he does so, he sure does I, I didn't have a heart to tell him that working little league it's it's still the same money yeah <laughs> so it might be a hot dog instead <laughs> right <laughs> inflation hasn't caught up on that regard right absolutely it has not hopefully uh our listeners will be able to glean some insight from his experience and the biggest takeaway is go out there and when you're on the field work your ass off i mean you had a, a good point as far as you don't know who's watching and in this day and age now and I don't think it's actually going to stop. I wanted to ask him about it going all the way down to the junior college level during last year when there was hardly any to no fans. Everybody was videoing their games and putting them live on YouTube or, or what have you. I don't think that that's going to stop. I don't think it's going to change. We did see differently last year at some of the junior colleges, usually before they would live stream them, but they don't have the camera crews there anymore. Now it's just one set camera. Here's the view. Right. 
whereas before some places actually had camera people operating cameras and in the camera wells and stuff but right maybe that will come back yeah and i'd love to see that come back and it's it was really really nice last year because for the first time i mean i really got a chance to i mean the best thing you can do is is videotape yourself and see what you're doing and unfortunately we usually don't have the people to do that for us but now that they're taping these games we can actually see ourselves and say oh man i didn't know i did that you know during an out or or whatnot it gives you the opportunity to change right. and, and and change for the better self-critique and, self and yeah for sure and it helped me out so much last year uh to be able to to be able to watch myself i hope that continues i hope so too and that's uh, another edition of the strike three podcast see you next time all right bye everybody later Thank you for listening to this episode of the Strike 3 Podcast. Thank you to our guest Ramon Armendariz for joining CB and Enoch in a great conversation about his umpiring career and his journey to the NCAA Men's College World Series while pulling double duty watching his kid have some outdoor playtime. As we return to for another season, CB, Enoch, and myself, Trav, would like to thank you all for listening and spreading the word about our podcast. As always... Strike 3 Podcast, your source for taking your umpiring to the next level. Later. Thank you for joining us on Season 3, Episode 1 of Strike 3 Podcast. And a very special thanks to our special guest, Ramon Rambo Armendariz. And thank you for enlightening us on how you got your start in baseball, your experience through the professional ranks and that special call-up to the 2021 College World Series, and hopefully there'll be more to come. Please join us on our next episode where we will be talking to Samantha Wilson and my wife, Venus Brown, on the important subject of umpire support, a subject that I believe is not talked about enough. And remember, Strike 3 Podcast, your source for taking your umpiring to the next level. See ya! Oh, before you go, like all good sports officials, we value the importance of feedback. Please rate our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get this podcast. Your rating will help us improve and assist others in finding the Strike 3 podcast. Or please feel free to email us at feedback at strike3podcast.com. That is feedback at strike, the number three, podcast.com. Thanks for listening.